Tanya for the 29th of Tevis refers the story. The grandson of the Baal Shem Tev, what was a, man, a tzaddik with the name, one of the grandchildren, was a tzaddik with the name of Rabbi Shirol, and he once came to visit another great tzaddik who lived at the time, whose name was Aaron of Zetamir. And when he came, Aaron felt like he has to somehow reciprocate for this visit, so he told the grandson of the Baal Shem Tev, let me tell you a story of, of your grandfather, but it's not a, merely a story that I heard. I heard this from my teacher, the, the Bedichava, who in turn heard it from his teacher, the Magid, who heard it from the who, who was who was experienced it with the Baal Shem Tev. And the story goes like this: the Baal Shem Tev students were able to determine by the face of the Baal Shem Tev exactly who was visiting when he would get visits from heaven, they were able to determine based on the, the countenance of the Baal when which type of visitor he received. And if one of the people that visited were one of the seven shepherds, the, you know, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, the seven shepherds, Moshe, etc., they were able to see on the face of the Baal And one time they were sitting down on Rish Chodesh to eat, and they noticed the Baal face took a very serious countenance, and they, they understood one of the seven shepherds were visiting the Baal After Later on, when the experience was over, they asked the Baal Shem Tev who which of the seven shepherds had come to, to visit, and he said it was Moshe Rabbein. It was Moshe. He said he came to tell the Baal Shem Tev, to teach the Baal Shem Tev, what, he, oh, he came to tell the Baal Shem Tev that when the Baal Shem Tev was washing his hands for bread, he had had the identical thoughts that Moshe Rabbeinu had when he was serving his father-in-law in that famous meal described in the Torah. When Yisrael came to visit, Moshe Rabbeinu served his father-in-law. And he had deep mystical um, con- um, um, intentions connecting to God when he was doing this. And he told the Baal Shem Tov that Baal Shem Tov had, had, had had the same uh, thoughts. Today's Tanya is a direct continuation of chapter 17, but now it's a complete new direction. And this new direction is going to be a direction which is going to carry on for many, many chapters throughout the Tanya. And this is the idea of the natural love we have inside of ourselves towards God. And what, what's, what is this predicated upon? It's predicated upon the, upon the fact that chapter 17, as we saw at the end of chapter 17, is very difficult for people to achieve. You have to be quite an elevated person, first intellectually, also emotionally, and also... You, a sins get in the way, which means if a person has a certain level of coarseness, it just won't work. He needs to get rid of the sins that will stand in the way of, of the effectiveness of this deep brain meditation, triggering a heart meditation, or at least a, a, a heart acknowledgement. Whatever the case is, what's what's causing the Alter Rebbe to bring another explanation is, the verse says that it's very easy to accomplish a love and fear of God. And based on what we said in chapter 17, it doesn't seem so... Um, available and very easy for every person to accomplish. And therefore the Altar goes on a whole new direction and says, if you really want to accomplish love and fear, try this strategy. The verse that talks about love and fear of God that the entire time is based on, it says, this is something that's very easy, very near to you. Near means easy. So very near doesn't sound like chapter 17. Near, maybe. Very near, no. So it's there for the altar. It says, Mm-hmm. 
So I read a lot, and let me explain what's going on. The Alter Rebbe says, if a person wants to accomplish a love and a fear that's very near to a person, a person's able to do it and able to utilize this in actually doing all the Torah and the mitzvahs, and how they do this by this hidden present love that's deep within the heart of every single person, and we inherited this in our uh, spiritual DNA, every single person has its love and fear, and all you need to do is tap into that, now you've done it, the pasuk which basically means it's very easy to 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 wake up a love and a fear, says Al-Tarab, it's easy because you have it already there, just dig a little and you'll find it, you don't have to uh, weaponize your mind and, and get your heart all excited, it's already there, you already naturally have a love and a fear for God but of course, that's easy to say. Now the Alter needs to justify and explain how how is this possible and what's going on because I never fa- I never heard about this love that's inside of myself. I never felt this love that's inside of, inside of myself. So what's going on? So Alter is now going to say there's four components that need to be explained. Before we could you know sit down and 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 feel relaxed with this understanding of this new brand new idea, Alter says we need to understand first by hatev. Firstly, where does this love come from? Where, 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 you know, you're claiming that inside every single one of us is a, this natural love to God. Where is it coming from? And also, Vinyana. Love is a, is, is, is a tendency towards something. What, 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 what does it want? What does this do, etc.? And how is it inherited? We know about, you know, DNA inheritance and, um, traits and tendencies and appearances and, but, Something like this, this innate love towards something. You see parents who like some some flavor ice cream, and their children like a completely different one. How is this inherited? Love isn't an inherited aspect. And number four, and we know that we need to have both love and fear. This only sounds like a natural, uh, an innate, an inborn love in our spiritual DNA. What about fear? Now, the Alter is not going to answer the questions in order. The Alter is going to answer in a very strategic order. So the one, the first one, the Alter is going to answer is how is this. Love and inheritance. The forefathers of Ramishak Yaakov, they are like, they were like a chariot to God. Their service to God was so unbelievably impeccable, it could be compared to a chariot following a horse or an, and a rider. The horse and the rider determined determine where the horse is going. Now, if the wagon suddenly says, Okay, you know, I I know that the horse and the rider have decided to take a left, I'll just take a right. It doesn't work. The, the chariot has no will of its own. The forefathers of Ramitsuk and Yaakov exactly like that with God. Their entire life was entirely dedicated to God to such a degree they didn't have a will of their own in the traditional sense. They did everything that God wanted. Faultless, without a single misstep. They were like a chariot to a rider. And their dedication inspired God and God, gave God this incredible love towards them. But it also continued to the descendants. Hashem said, I love the forefathers so much. You know what? I'll, I'll extend this love to their children. So says the Alter Rebbe, the love and their dedication towards God gave God this this um, this excitement to bequeathed to all the descendants of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov this tremendous godly soul. And this soul, the ten spheres, came into the, every single uh, Jewish person. And whether it comes from the, it all starts in the highest world, but it makes us travel down. And no matter whether it even goes into the lowest level, this soul is given to every, this special soul is given to every single one of their descendants.
Now, what is the root of this all? So now, the, the, the soul itself, how it works is, is that though the soul goes on a very long journey, and this, as the soul goes on the journey in the higher world, it becomes, you know, less, let's call, sensitive and less powerful because... You know, it's, 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 it's left its original source. So very holy tzaddikim will get very pure souls that are barely, their drop-off point is so much higher in the world. Lower souls, on the other hand, their souls will travel along a long journey. Again, a little slightly more complex than that, but that's the general idea. And what happens is, is that even though the soul has traveled on a very long journey and the drop-off of the soul might be in the lowest world and the lowest level of the world and the lowest level of the soul within the lowest world, what will happen is embedded within that level of the soul is the higher level. So what will happen, let's say for example, we're talking about Asir, which is the fourth world. And inside of that, the level of Malchus. What will happen is, is that inside of Malchus will be Chachma of the highest world, of, of, of that world. And within that will be the Chachma of the world that's higher than that. So each of the higher worlds are kind of like, like, a, like a, a peel, where you keep on peeling deeper and deeper you're able to find within every single soul the highest level of the highest world, which is Chachma. Chachma Vatzilas. And we say in regards to Chachma, that Chachma has this incredible power, the connection between Chachma and Hashem. Hashem's energy flows freely through Chachma, and Hashem used this Chachma energy to create the world. What happens is, is that no matter what soul and how far of a journey the soul went on until it reached inside the person, inside deep within that soul, in that, that levels of the soul, is the highest level that exists. And that level of the soul is, is that level of godliness is in a raw form inside that every single person's soul. So simply put, if you dig deep, deep enough inside every single person's soul, you will find the level of Chachma Vatsilas. And this level of Vatsilas is connected with it, with godliness, and it connects the person from his entirely connected to this very, very powerful energy. Now, why do we care if it's so deep down? Because it's 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 there, and knowing about about this energy is going to be able to really influence a person to utilize this this energy in his love. And we're going to discuss. Well, let's finish this, and we'll tell you where, where we're heading. Wisdom gives life to those that possess it. So, a person has inside the soul chachma, and the soul is giving this this life. And at times when sinners have children, and we mentioned this idea a little earlier. Sinners could bring down um, children who have very, very high and lofty souls. Why? Because within every single soul is this Chachma energy. Now, why is this so important? Because as we're going to describe how this Chachma energy operates within the soul, you start to understand we could utilize it. And though in the Chachma, especially in generations of, of Mashiach, where, you know, where we are very lowly souls... Knowing that we, that Chachma, if you just dig a little deeper inside our soul, you'll find this raw Chachma energy, this energy, this godly energy that's so powerful and so sublime. Tapping into that isn't so hard with a little bit of meditation. That's Al Terebis' point. But before we get there, before Al explains how to actually utilize it, Al Terebis is still going to have to answer two more elements within 
the questions about how what goes on in the soul, what does the soul want, etc., like that, and how is this fear included within the love inside inside the soul? And the Alter is going to continue that over the next few days. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much 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 for joining us. Thank you